Good morning and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. My name is Larry Kay and I am the host for the presentation this morning. Today is Sunday, August 6, 2023. The uh, share ID numbers for Friday, August 4th for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that number is 20,505. That's 20505. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, that number is 20,506. That's 20506. This morning, A Vision for You presents How to Save Our Lives, Working Step 10. And our speaker is uh, going to focus on the instructions and her personal experience in working Step 10. You know, Step 10 says we continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And by the time we arrive at step 10, uh, the big book promises that we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. And at this point, if we've followed the instructions laid out in the big book, the obsession to eat our alcoholic foods will be driven out. And, you know, we learned that these aren't extravagant promises. They're, they're not unreasonable at all. In fact, they will always materialize, provided, of course, that we, that we work for them but we can't coast. Why? Well, we can't coast because as human beings, life is still going to happen. I know it happens for me. It happens for you. And so we, we need to continue to have a way in which to navigate through life. And surrendering to the God of my understanding is not a passive thing. It takes commitment. You know, now, now that said, the perfectionism is not possible. And I need to be reminded of that, you know, and thank goodness God doesn't expect that of us. I'm reminded that recovery is not about achieving sainthood. We merely have a spiritual pathway of action towards growth and understanding and effectiveness. And it's a wonderful thing. This works. It, it really does work. So joining us this morning to elaborate on her experience in working step 10 is Nancy R. from Illinois. And Nancy is a dedicated member of Overeaters Anonymous, and she's devoted to the practice and teaching of the 12 Steps and the 12 Traditions. And it is with uh, tremendous gratitude that we welcome Nancy R. to the line. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. It's Nancy R. I live in uh, Northwest Illinois, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I'd like to start our time together with the set-aside prayer. I didn't know the set-aside prayer until I started coming to the Business for You meetings. And um, very important for me because I think I know everything and I don't know anything. And I've been in program for about 27 years. And so I think I know everything about this program and I don't know anything about this program. So, God, today, help me set aside everything I think I know about you, everything I think I know about myself, everything I think I know about others, and everything I think I know about my own recovery, so I'm, I may have an open mind and a new experience with all these things. Please help me see the truth. Um, so 27 years, um, that's a long time to be in program, and um, I, I'm glad that I never stopped coming back. Throughout that time, 
I um, had many days, well, hours, days, weeks, months, and sometimes almost two years of abstinence. And um, I worked the steps. I had a sponsor. A lot of times I didn't have a sponsor. A lot of times I didn't work the steps. Um, and so I would get some abstinence and then I would relapse. And the relapse would be for hours, days, weeks, months, years, up to almost five years was my last relapse. Um, it's painful talking about it. Um, and I'm so grateful that I have the community that I have in a way and that I had the hope that I had and that I had um, this spiritual connection that said, just keep coming back. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm powerless over food. I'm powerless over my entire life. And my life is very unmanageable. Um, before coming to, before being introduced to OA, um, I was deep in my disease that I didn't even know I had, hopeless, overweight. Um, my kids were in grade school. I was a single mom. I would get up in the morning and get them ready, you know, get everything, get, help them to get ready to go have their day. And I would promise myself that I wasn't going to overeat today. I wasn't going to binge today. I wasn't going to, I was going to be in my life. I was going to do my work. Uh, I had my own business at the time. So I was going to spend time working. And um, I would drop them off at school and I would go to the bakery and I would buy a half a dozen donuts. And I would go home and I'd turn on the TV and I'd sit on the couch and I'd eat them. And then I'd lay down on the couch and I would pass out from all the sugar. And then I'd wake up and be looking for more food. And then it's Groundhog Day again the next day and again the next day. Always promising myself that I wasn't going to go to the bakery today and being totally powerless over it, not knowing what to do about it. And um, I remember vividly knowing that no diet was ever going to work for me, and that's pretty hopeless. And um, as a, in my hopelessness, I went to a pain way that I saw a commercial for while I was binging and watching TV. And I knew that I couldn't follow the plan that they had. And I went anyway. And um, I sat there hopeless and listened to this person talk to me about all the things I knew to do to get out of the food and knew I couldn't do. And then she um, brought me into this storage area and showed me this prepackaged food that was a part of their program. And I just knew that I could give her all my money and leave with this food and never, I mean, I'd eat it, but I'd also eat other stuff. And so I left and I drove across the parking lot 
and I drove through one of my fast food places and got a binge meal and went home because I didn't know what else to do. And thankfully, I was introduced to OA, never heard of it before, and started attending. About five years ago, a very dear friend of mine in program who had a similar story to mine throughout a similar length of time started changing and I could just see it, see it in her face, see it in her body, see it in her spirit. And I was like, what is going on? And I asked her and she said, well, I got a new sponsor. And she was like me, I have a sponsor, I don't have a sponsor. I have a sponsor, I don't have a sponsor. Um, so she got a new sponsor and the sponsor introduced her to the vision for your meetings and introduced her to working the steps in the big book. So I listened to the miracle that was sitting in front of me and couldn't believe, so she's, she's my Abby, couldn't believe the, the difference in her and wanted what she had and felt hopeless to get it. Because I had decided in my disease thinking that I wasn't going to do any more work. I was done. After all these years, I was done. And I was so depressed and so into my twisted mind that I didn't know. I, didn't, I had no way of getting out of that. And so I started listening to Vision for You meetings. I liked what I heard, and I didn't want to do the work. And I was mad at God. I was mad at my higher power. And um, I listened off and on to Vision for You and kept attending in-person meetings for several more years. And um, and God would, I love this part in the big book on the doctor's opinion um, in the third edition, um, page XX. Um, uh, I X, um, where uh, Dr. Silkworth talks about this, uh, let's see, it's the one, two, third paragraph. He says, when I need a mental uplift, I often think of another case brought in by a physician prominent in New York. The patient had made his own diagnosis and deciding his situation hopeless. That was me. I decided that even with all the recovery and strength and wellness I had um, seen and experienced and had some of in, in working the OA program the way I was working it. I had decided my situation was still hopeless. And so this patient had hidden in a deserted barn determined to die. So I didn't go to a deserted barn, but I isolated. Might as well have been a deserted barn. I was in my house. I wasn't talking to people. I wasn't talking to my program people. Um, and I was determined to just live my life out in this hopelessness. The doctor's opinion goes on. He was rescued by a searching party and a desperate condition brought to me. So my higher power, who I call God, sends me search parties all the time. And through this awful relapse, he sent me search parties 
He sent me my friend. He sent me my Ebby. And I said, yay for you, but I don't want to do the work. Just leave me here. And she and others would ask, what could I do? How could I help? And I'd say, I have no idea. But pray for me. And so people prayed for me. And I kept binging. And I would hear more people would come and search for me. And and I would hear what I needed to hear on vision. And then I would hear an intuitive thought coming from my higher power of, just call this person, this person that you hear talking on the Vision of You meeting. She's, she's got what you want, just call her. I'd be like, yeah, well, if I wanted to do the work, I would call her, but I, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. And um, then I'd hear it again a few months later. And I, this went on for probably a couple of years, and I kept saying, no, thank you to the search party. I'll just stay here. And then um, in October of uh, 2021, the search party came again through this intuitive thought of caller. She'd be a great sponsor. And in the past, I've said, I'd said, yeah, yeah, God, you're right. She would be a great sponsor. I would like working with her if I was going to do the work, but I'm, I'm not doing it. And then a friend of mine said, when I told her that yet again, she said, you know, that's just your disease talking to you. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I didn't know how to get out of it. But that, that, those words really stuck with me. And then the next time the intuitive thought came to call this other person, I said, okay, I'll call her. So I called her and we talked. And I asked her to be my sponsor. And just that morning, she had put on the vision for you that she was available to sponsor. So um, she called me back and she said that she was available. And I knew that this meant that I was going to do the work. I didn't know what difference, I didn't know what changed. I just had some glimmer of hope, some glimmer of willingness. And I went with the search party. I didn't have them leave this time. And after my physical rehabilitation, like it says here in the book, um, after my physical rehabilitation and my hospitalization and putting down, having the willingness to put the food down and do what this person, this sponsor was telling me to do, I'm saying yes instead of no, which is a miracle of this program. Um, I have uh, been absent since November of 2021, and I now have recovery like I've never had before. I've had abstinence before, and what I, what I was able to experience as recovery, but now after working the 12 steps as they're outlined in the big book with recovered sponsor, Quickly, quickly working through them for the first time in 25 years, quickly working through them. I, I'm recovered and I have 
an amazing relationship with my higher power. And I worked step 10 and step 10 continues daily to save my life. The difference now and then, besides the fact that I worked through all 10, all 12 steps, is that I continue to do the work and God continues to give me the ability to do the work. And I do 10, 11, and 12 every day. And I give my life over to my higher power every day. I am powerless. My higher power has the power and I'm gonna let that, that power direct my life today. And I do that by doing the steps and it doesn't take a long time. My addict crazy twisted mind tells me, oh my gosh, it's gonna take forever. You're not gonna have any life. And the truth is it doesn't take forever and I get to have a wonderful life. So why do we need the 10 steps? You know, we've gone through all the steps and um, why do we need to keep doing it? You know, um, because as it says in the doctor's opinion on XXV1 or XXVI or L, whatever it is, um, at the bottom of the page, I'm in edition three again. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate the truth from the false, which is what I, where I was, what I was just telling you about in that almost five year relapse. I couldn't differentiate the truth from the false. For them, their alcoholic or overeating life seems the only normal one. And here's why we need the 10th step. They are restless, irritable, and discontent unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few drinks or taking a few bites or binging my brains out. So I am restless, irritable, and discontent. And because I have an allergy of the body, I put down my uh, addictive foods and I no longer have cravings for them, but I still have this crazy obsessive mind that is restless, irritable, and discontent. And um, which means I'm easily annoyed. I'm never satisfied. I always want more. I always want everything my way. Um, and then at the um, end of the uh, first full paragraph, no, the end of the paragraph on the next page, the last sentence reads, this is repeated over and over. Unless this person can experience an entire psychic change there is very little hope of his recovery. So I experienced his psychic change through working the 12 steps. And I continue, as the 10 steps says, I, I need to continue um, to take that inventory and to be in that psychic change and be in that relationship with my higher power. Um, and then we need this 10th step because page, uh, page 66 and how it works. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to fertility and unhappiness to the precise extent that we permit these things. Permit these. Do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? 
But with the alcoholic, whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal, for when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns, and we drink again, and with us to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for, the, for alcoholics and compulsive readers, these things are poison. So I work the 10th step to clear out that poison, clear out the things that annoy me, the things I feel resentful for, the things I'm fearful of, the things I looked at in my fourth step and cleaned up the past of, and now I need to clean up what's happening in the day. Um, so um, I learned that food is not the problem. Food was my solution, just as it said in what I read about and that was my escape. Um, I had to keep going back to it because it was my solution to my um, getting relief from my crazy thinking. The problem is um, that when I'm not eating, I'm restless, irritable, and I'm discontent. Also, I had a lot of abstinence across the 27 years in the program, but abstinence is not the solution. If we look at page 45, the big book. The first full paragraph, lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously, but where and how were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. And that's the solution. The solution is finding a power greater than myself, which is solve my problem. Step 10 helps me stay connected to that power. Step 10 kept, continues to relieve my restlessness, my irritability, and my discontent. Um, I have a note here to look at page 98. Let me get there and see why. Ah, page 98, second paragraph. We have to burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. So we do that in the fourth step, but we need to continue to clean house just like I you know, need to continue to clean my house. Just like I need to continue to exercise. I need to continue to work. I need to continue to do all the things that bring me life every day. And I need to you know, continue to cook good meals. I need to continue to go to the grocery store. I need to continue to put gas in my car. I need to continue to work these steps. And the 10th step is vital to saving my life. So we've worked through this first, you know, first nine steps. We've done the fourth step inventory. We've gone through the fifth step. We've identified and given our character defects over to God and uh, six and seven, we made our list. In eight, we made our amends. In nine, and we get to pages 83 and 84 in the big book. And we are at, we are in the ninth step promises. We have been painstaking about this phase of our development. 
we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We won't, we won't forget, regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. The feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Sounds like I've arrived. Sounds like we've arrived. We've done the work. My crazy head says, okay, now just go live your life. And I do get to go to live my life, including what the big book continues to say. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We vigorously commence this way of living when we work steps four through nine. We have entered the, word of the, the world of the spirit. We are, I, and I'm going to get away from the text for a minute. So we have entered the world of the spirit. So doing this work, I'm lightened uh, of light and continuing to do the 10 step lightens the burden from the emotional buildup of my emotions. Step 10 is a quick and effective way to reduce the urge to pick up because my thoughts are not telling me to pick up today. My thoughts are telling me everything that's wrong in my life and the world and which will eventually get me back to picking up the food, which has, has gotten me back to picking up the food so many times in my life. The big book continues. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. And here's, the, here's what we need to do in the 10th step. We need to continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When they scarf up, we ask God at once to remove them. This, the directions are very clear here in this paragraph. So I'm watching for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When they crop up, I ask God at once to remove them. And this is a part of the 10th step that I continue to need to ask my higher power for help with because I tend to see the selfish, my selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, or fear. And then I think, oh, I have to do a 10th step on that. Like it's, a, it's like um, a foot, footnote, like, okay, do that later. But where I'd like to get in my spiritual recovery is this ask God at once to remove them. And then we discuss them with someone immediately and make them as quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance is our code. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And then the promises continue. Um, so 
my friend, my Abby, I would, um, she would talk about doing step 10 and relieving the um, emotional buildup of her feelings and how it was keeping her sane and saving her life. And I would um, be at work and I would be annoyed with whatever the annoyance of the moment was, the person, the, the plan, the project. And um, I would think, what did she tell me to do? Continue to watch for what? What were those words? I was so deep in this before I, I got my sponsor and did the work. I was so deep in my disease. I couldn't even remember selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I wasn't even willing to write them down. But I would text her and I would call her and I said, what, what am I, what are those things? What are those things that give you relief from your emotional buildup? I was trying to do step 10 when I had any, when I was on step one, but I, I was, um, I was, uh, I don't know. I was reaching out for the search party, trying to, uh, to, to, to get well. Um, so, you know, um, when to do the 10th step, anytime I feel uneasy, I can complete the 10th step and restore myself to emotional sobriety. When my thinking goes astray, the 10th step restores me to right thinking and my connection to my higher power. And, and reveals my core fears, which I can give to my higher power. These are the lies that my addictive um, brain tells me, that the convulsive twist tells me why I can't do 10 steps. Um, the lie. When I would read the second paragraph on page 84 that I just, um, talked about continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I think, oh my gosh, if I did that, I'd be doing these 10 steps all day long. Like, I am annoyed, I am resentful, I am fearful, I am restless, I am irritable, I am discontent. So often throughout the day, I wouldn't be doing anything else but 10 steps. So that's just ridiculous. So I don't, so don't do it at all. And uh, another lie, I never. I never have the total opposite, which is so indicative of these having me on opposite ends of, of the world instead of this massive amount of life and world that's in between those opposite ends. I could be doing them all the time. Or I, I, I wouldn't ever have anything to do but 10 step on. I'm not annoyed. I'm not restless. I'm not irritable. I'm just right. Mm. Another lie is too much time. I, I don't have time for this. And that's such a great law that my addictive brain tells me because it doesn't want me to ask anything. Um, the truth is that it doesn't take a lot of time. And I'm going to walk through some of the resources and how I do my 10 steps. And it doesn't take a lot of time. It takes five minutes. It can take 10 minutes. I see that I'm uh, fearful. I say, I, I say, God, please remove my fears. I make a phone call and I discuss it with someone immediately and work through um, 
what I'm going to share with you in a minute. And then I make amends if I have amends to make, if I've harmed someone. And then I resolutely turn my thoughts to someone I can help. I, I go and I do service. And I... Um, and, and I'm on a bed instead of sitting in the resentment, sitting in the fear, sitting in the worry, sitting in the restlessness, not knowing what's wrong with me. So how do you do a 10th step? Who do you do a 10th step with? Who do I call? I can't call anybody. I don't know anybody. So my sponsor um, told me that when we, I don't know, before 10th step, Good. Start building your God squad. Listen to people on the um, on the lines um, in the meetings who are recovered, who um, have what you want, who have worked the twelve steps in the big book and found their spiritual awakening. Listen to them. Write down their names. Look up their phone numbers on the Vision for You member phone list, reach out to them. So I started building my God squad. Who else do I call? Any recovered reader, anyone, just someone that I can give this 10 steps to. Um, there's also 10 step groups. There, uh, there's a group me app where um, there are 10 step groups that people say, I'm available to hear a 10 step or I need to do a 10 step, who's available? And they hook up, they connect, and um, they do service, and they, um, and they give their 10 steps. We have a 10 step train, a wonderful fellow in our program who gives service, organize partners that can be together and um, work together for two full weeks and then rotate to someone else. I did the 10 step for, train for months, for a few months after I, um, so I got my God squad and I started calling and asking people. And then I thought, my, and then God was like, how about this 10-step train? Because I was doing 10 steps occasionally instead of all the time. I was still going, I don't have anything. It's really easy to go through the day and think that I don't have anything to, um, to, uh, to do a 10 step on. That's another lie. So the 10 step train helped me stop every day and go, what is annoying me? What am I restless about? What am I resentful with? Who, what, um, what, am I, what am I worrying about? What am I fearful of? Because I'm gonna, I made a commitment to call this person at a certain time today. And so all of a sudden, when I slow down and ask God, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that. Oh, sure. I, I'm full of fear. I didn't think I had a lot of fears. I am full of fear. And the 10 steps saving my life because I don't need to walk around with that fear. I can't continue to give it to God. So the 10 step train was really important for me. But I kept hearing recovered people saying, the 10 step. It's much more um, beneficial when I have someone that I work with continually. Because just like the sponsor, they get to know my resentments, my fears, 
they did to help me to go um, to, um, with their experience, strength, and help to hopefully go deeper, they get to, if I ask them for feedback, call me on my stuff. And I need that. I need to be called on my stuff. Like I'm hearing this resentment towards um, your sister come up over and over and over again. Why, why, don't we take, why don't you take a deeper look at that? Why don't you do some two-way prayer? Why don't you, you know, and it's helpful and it goes deeper and it, and it opens up more about how I can heal and not have that resentment. So I asked a member of my God squad to, if she wanted to be my 10-step partner. And so for the last, I don't know, I don't know how long it's been. It's been months and months. We almost daily set aside time to give our 10 steps to each other. And it is a blessing in my life. She is a blessing in my life. Other resources are we have an OA toolkit app. And there's a um, 10 step inventory uh, tool in there. And um, I found a very good resource. It's um, a website called 12stepstogether.com. There are t- lots of resources on there about recovery and lots of resources to how to do a 10 step. Ask your sponsor and other recovered overeaters what they do and how they connect with these resources. And that's how I found out about these resources. Other people that I was doing 10 steps with and other people I talked to that are recovered and my sponsor. Um, why do 10 steps? Why take the time to slow down and do it? So one of my sponsors who um, relapsed had a, um, and had uh, started working with herself, went through the 12 steps and is um, uh, living in recovery. Um, shared recently that um, she learned through working the steps this time that she didn't even know that she had a buildup of a human emotion or acknowledge that she had that buildup. So in working the steps, she committed to doing the 10 step every day, even though she didn't know what she was going to talk about. Like I was saying, oh yeah. So, you know, she didn't even know she needed to do one. And now since she's been doing them, um, she realizes when she's restless and discontent. And she's able to get to why she's restless and discontent. It comes up in her meditation. So committing to doing a step 10, even when she didn't think she had one, is an awakening for her and is giving her um, her life today, is saving her. So, you know, again, the commitment of reaching out when we're feeling that way, even though we don't know why, um, she has found is critical to her continued recovery and staying recovered. Um, one last thing before I go into um, an example of how I do a 10 step. Um, I heard on another, uh, I heard another speaker um, that talked on this and it really helped me about how um, we can confuse step 10 and 11. Um, like, oh, I'll just do the 11th step. That's an inventory at the end of my day. I'll take my inventory and, and, and in my 11th step and give it to God. Um, 
so that's not the 10th step, that's the 11th step, right? So the 10th step is done throughout the day. It's whenever these crop up. It's whenever I find myself being restless, irritable, discontent, resentful, fearful, selfish. The 11th step is my nighttime inventory. So just to touch on that for a second. When we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Where we're resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid. Do we owe an apology? The, the, those are very similar. I mean, that is, that is what's in the 10th step, but it's separate. Like, you don't have, there's no reason to wait till the end of the day. Like, clear it out. Get on with your life. Um, make a connection with your higher power and another person. Um, you know, run through steps four through nine in five to ten minutes, and 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 let it and, and be free, be free. It's like um, CPR. You don't wait till you get to the hospital to start CPR. Someone knows CPR or the or the paramedics, they start it right away. So they get you going so that you can continue to get help. Keep doing both ten and eleven. They're each so important. So there's so many ways to do it step 10, and there's lots of other talks about lots of other ways. This is what's working for me. Um, I, um, with my 10-step partner, I, um, we start with the third step prayer. So one of us says the third step prayer. And uh, so, and then I, say what's going on with me if i have resentment i start there if i'm fearful i start there same as in the fourth step you know what are my resentments what are my fears i look at them individually so i'm going to give you an example um of a recurring resentment that i have um and that's with um, the man in my life the man that i live with the man that i love and the man that it's really easy for me to put all of my resentment, selfishness, fear on. Um, so um, this is my example. I'm resentful with Dan. Um, and why? Um, so fill in the blank. Many times when I do this resentment, you know, it's uh, he... Uh, he tracked grass in from the yard after, you know, and it's all over the house. Um, he, you know what, it, there's a million different things that I can put there. But the real thing that I just came down to recently, in fact, this past week, is I'm resentful with him for being who he is. Because he's not who I, he's not who I, he's not me. I'm resentful that he's not me. He doesn't do everything the way I do it. Things. That's why I'm resentful. And if we look in the big book, right here, this is where I and lots of other um, people want to tell a story. Okay, let me tell you what he did. I was doing this, da da da, da and then he did this, and da da da, and then I felt like this, da, and it's, it's just he won't do it any differently, da da da, da. and we want to tell the whole story, and we want to say why. Um, the other person's wrong and complain and justify. And that's not what the 10th step is for. The 10th step is like the fourth step. It's to look at what's my side of this. 
What am I bringing to this? And um, I'm just not letting him be who he is. I'm not accepting him. I continue to want to put my will onto him. I want him to do what I want him to do. So um, I like this recommendation to keep this cause um, to like 19 words or less. And if we look at page 65 in the big book, um, no, 66 in my, um, hold on, oh, 65, where it goes, you know, in the fourth step, army sample at the cause and the effects, pretty quick, and the cause, there's no causes in this book book that are more than 19 words. So keep the cause short. It helps me to stay on my side of the street. I don't, I'm resentful with this person because they're not doing what I want them to do. And then I run through what it affects. And does it affect my self-esteem, my security, my ambitions, my personal relations, my sex relations? And just yes or no for each of those. And is fear involved, yes or no? And then I pray either the offended or the resentment prayer. So God, this person is perhaps spiritually sick as, I, as am I. How can I be helpful to them? God, save me from being angry. Help me to avoid retaliation or argument. Your will be done. Um, and then I look at why I'm selfish. And um, I, uh, you know, how, what am I doing? I'm playing the director. He's not following my script. I'm not seeing his point of view. I'm selfish. I think I'm better than him. I'm reacting out of self-righteousness. I'm too concerned about me, my wants, my needs. I'm dishonest because I'm having a superior attitude. I think I'm better than this other person. I'm blaming this other person for my problems. I'm not facing facts. This is, this is who this person is. They're, I, I'm not going to change them. I'm not in charge of them. I'm telling myself things that aren't true, such as my serenity is dependent upon how this person acts rather than on my relationship with my higher power. That brings me back to, oh, it's not about this other person. It's about my relationship with my higher power. And I love this dishonesty, this lie. This is just a dishonesty is the lies we tell ourselves. I just need to check the time here. Hold on, I'm getting it. Yep. Um, I'm going to move through this quickly. Um, I know better than God how life needs to be going, but the truth is I have no idea how this other person needs to be acting and what needs to happen in order for the greater good to be done. That's the result. But the thing about dishonesty is, is what's, the, what's the lie I'm telling myself? about why this is happening. What, do I, what am I making this mean? Um, and asking, after asking my higher power, what's the truth? So I make it mean that he's inconsiderate, but after asking my higher power, the truth is, he's just being himself. He's not thinking, I'm gonna do this to annoy Nancy, I'm gonna be inconsiderate. And then I run through like, how am I being self-seeking? And really important, how am I, what am, what am I fearful of? And getting and continuing to do 10 steps helps me get down to the core of what my fear is. 
Um, and my fear really comes down to relying on God alone for my sense of ease and comfort, safety, security, value, and esteem. Wow. I have all these fears, and it comes down to I need to rely on God alone for all of us, for everything. So then I give this fear um, to God, and I, you know, ask God to remove my fear and direct my attention to what God would have me be. And then I pause, and I just let God speak to me. I either write it out or I just think it, and God would have me be patient and loving and tolerant and accepting and knowing that I am not in charge. And it's very freeing. It's very wonderful. And then I see whether or not I owe amends. And then I um, say what I'm going to do to resolutely turn my thoughts to someone I can help. And, you know, if, if I want to, I can ask for feedback. And, you know, feedback is a whole nother uh, story, which I don't have time for. So I'm going to just wrap this up by saying, um, the other thing, relationship, I, I have a relationship ideal. I have relationship ideals written out for every relationship type in my life. So this relationship with this man in my life, my ideal relationship with him is as a significant other to him. God would have me accept him as he is, allow him to be his authentic self, to be truthful and open, to not judge him or be afraid of telling him who I am and what I want with love and respect to be looking for all the ways he takes care of himself and our home for my thoughts and for my thoughts to be positive towards him. And that's what I need to come back to after the 10th step. My job is to fix myself and to be of maximum service to God and others. It's not my job to change anyone. And then, um, you know, what I'm like today, what I'm like today is that I start to get annoyed about the grass and picking it up and I have to do this and I have to clean this up. And, that, and God's like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be annoyed. You don't have to pick up the grass. And I'm like, what? And that's just one little example. There's so many. And I have freedom. And um, that's how the 10th step is saving my life today. And with that, I will pass. Oh, thank you so much, Nancy. Thanks for um, illuminating step 10 for us. It was a real gift, um, real beautiful presentation. So, okay, before we transition to an opportunity to pose a question for, uh, for Nancy, let me give you the share ID number for the presentation. That number is 20,509. That's 20509. If you'd like to pose a question for Nancy, what we do is we, uh, we press star one and you give me your first name and, and last initial and questions only, please. Who has a question for Nancy? Uh, Rift I, Baltimore. Christina J. Brenda A, New York. Jack Brenda. W. Jack. Morrissey. And Maura, let's hold right there for a second. I missed someone. Margaret D, Georgia. Okay, Margaret. Let's let's stop there for a second. After Margaret, just so I can get caught up here. So I have Rivka, uh, Christina, Brenda, Jack, Mora, and Margaret. There was one other person early on. 
Polly B. Is it Polly? Okay. Polly, yes. I'm going to put you in there after Rivka. So here's our order. We've got Rivka and Polly and Christina, Brenda, Jack, Mora, and Margaret. So let's start with Rivka for uh, her question. Good morning, Rivka. Hi, good Rivka morning. Presta. Oh, there yeah, you are. <laughs> back here. Okay, thank you so much, uh, um, Nancy. This is great, and I, so much I needed to hear this morning. Um, I know you said you didn't want to touch on feedback, but I'm wondering if you would. Uh, how does that look to give feedback when someone gives you a 10-step? Oh, uh, Rivka, thank you so much for that question because I wanted to touch on it, but I ran, I was running out of time. Um, so, uh, yeah, feedback. Um, I was taught that um, if you're, um, the person you're giving, the per, if I, if the person I'm, let me, let me be the person receiving the 10 step. So if someone's giving me their 10 step and at the end if they, um, want to get, say, you know, if you have any feedback, I'd be open to it. If they don't say that, then, you know, there's no feedback. Um, or sometimes I might say, you know, I have some feedback if you'd like to hear it. And then that person can say no or yes. Um, but the way I was taught with feedback is to, you know, not give my opinion, not start, do not start talking about myself and, oh, yeah, I have a similar experience. It's to just pause and ask my higher power um, what my higher power would want me to say to this person. Um, what, you know, and so if I focus on that, I'm, I'm continuing to stay out of myself and my own story, and I'm really present for the person who's sharing with me. So, um, for example, I might do a 10-step with my 10-step partner, and um, I'll say, you know, I'm open for feedback. Um, and uh, she knows me, you know. She knows when I do this 10-step over and over again about my resentments um, with this wonderful man that I live with. <laughs> um, you know, she can give me feedback and say, you know, what I heard you say that God wants you to be is um, patient, accepting, and loving. And this actually just happened. I think it was yesterday. And she was able to say, and just to hear that back, you know, like, oh, yeah, patient, accepting, and loving. And then she said, it's pale. Patient, accepting, and loving of your pal. And I really like that. And so it, it's, it's those things. What did, I, what did you hear uh, if, when you're going to give feedback? What did I hear you um, have, you know, in saying the fear prayer, God, please remind my fear and direct my attention of what you would have me be or what you would say to me. Like to just give little nuggets of that is very affirming and very higher power oriented rather than Nancy oriented. I hope that helps. Yeah, thanks for the question there, Rivka. And next up we have Polly followed by Christina. Polly, good morning. 
Thank you, Larry, and Team Sunday, and thank you, Nancy, for your thorough and clear presentation on Paul to be recovered in North Carolina. And I, my question is um, regarding sponsoring someone. If someone is living in recovery in 10, 11, and 12, getting emotionally sober, and learning what can and cannot be changed, is it reasonable to expect fewer triggers of 10 steps? And if yes, and they're still getting triggered by a predictable people, place, or thing, what do you suggest to help them uh, get, get unstuck? And I pass. Thanks, Pally. Um, so as I was saying, I, I, I continue to, um, you know, the people that are probably closest to me in my life. Um, and I've been focused. I think Nancy, um, you got muted. Um, press start one. I'll give Nancy a moment to uh, see if she can get back on the line. <clears throat> okay, um, she is off the line. She got knocked off. So um, why don't we give it a minute? for her to get back on the line. Hi, can you guys hear me? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's great. Thanks. Sorry, I it just okay. disconnected, as you know. Um, so I, 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 I have 10 steps that I continue. And um, I used to think I was stuck. And what I realized is I'm going deeper. So how, how do I go deeper? Like, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm still resentful about this grass in the house. Come on, what am I going to do to get rid of it? Well, first of all, I'm not in charge of getting rid of my character defects. I'm in charge of doing the work. And God, it's in God's time that it gets removed. So I just keep showing up, and I just keep getting pieces. Like I said, I, my resentment, towards this man used to be because he brings grass in the house because he didn't put the dishes away because uh, he doesn't love me the way I want to be loved because um, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like I, because he's not doing what I want him to do. And it's like, oh, of course he's not doing what I want him to do. He's not me. He's him. How do I accept, I, I, I work the 10 step again so that I get more understanding and acceptance and patience and acceptance and lovingness and kindness and just acceptance of this is who he is. I don't have to be annoyed. He doesn't have to be me. And then, you know, through the, the fear prayer, you know, like, God, what would you have me be? And then I start reacting differently I may still feel resentful the next day, and I, but I react differently. And um, so 
I hope that helps. And also, the other thing is, um, I had a sponsor who I, um, through giving, sending her my 11th step every night, she was seeing continued resentments, you know, um, uh, repetitive resentment. So she um, encouraged me to do a fourth step around this one resentment so that I could dig deeper. And so I no longer think I'm stuck when the resentment comes back uh, or the fear. I, I, I know that, first of all, I'm powerless, and it's up to God as to when this is removed. And I also see progress. I hope that helps. All right. Next Very up we much. have. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Polly. Um, next up we have Christina, followed by Brenda. Christina, it's your turn. Good morning. Morning, Larry. Thanks for your service. Christina Jay in North Carolina. Um, Nancy, I'm so grateful. It brings tears to my eyes that you that God held you so steady after we had to part ways. That's a testament to your connection to God. Um, I had something very interesting come up yesterday in talking to my sponsor, which is um, I said for years, well, especially during this last series of relapses, that I relapsed because I wasn't doing my daily tents. And she said, I think it goes deeper than that. It's a one, two, three issue. And I think that's why uh, many sponsors take us back to step one. Uh, I'm picking up the food because I'm not admitting I'm powerless over it, no matter how deep and huge the buildup of emotions are. So um, I'd love to hear your comments on that because I, <laughs> God has really qualified you to speak on this step. You are addressing issues that have been on my mind for a long time. Also, a quick short question for after. Uh, what does your service look like to others after you do a tenth and how quickly do you do it? Thank you, Nancy. Love you. Mm, Christina, so glad to hear you. Ah, um, steps one, two, and three. Um, yeah, you know, if I, uh, I'm not sure exactly what to say about that. I agree with what you said that, um, you know, I, I am powerless over what others um, choose to do. I can ask them to do something differently. <laughs> I can ask them to please take his shoes off and wipe his feet. But he doesn't have to. He gets to say no. So I am powerless. It is a step one issue. I am powerless over what this man chooses to do in his life. He is separate from me. And I make my life unmanageable because I annoy myself with his choices. And when I give him back to God, you know, I was like, I, I'm powerless. I can't. God can. I think I'll let God. doesn't mean that God's going to have him take his shoes off at the door. It means that God's changing me. He's change, changing my reaction. My God is changing my higher power. is changing my reaction. And going, oh, that's just what he does. It doesn't mean anything. All the lies I'm telling myself about why. If he really loved me, he would be, he, would, he knows that this annoys me. He would be more considerate. He would do what I have asked. And that's not true. That's what I want, but it's not true. So yeah, steps one, two, and three. 
I, I'm powerless. I can't change him. God can change me. I think I'll let God change me. And then the service. Um, I, uh, what I do, it varies uh, from day to day. And a lot of times I get to this part of the step and I don't want to do it. And I heard a speaker talk about how it's so important to do this part of the step that in that person's experience of working with others, that um, this is not, not doing that part of what it says in the big book to do about step 10, not do, going, um, uh, resolutely turning my thoughts to someone I can help, is to get out of myself, is to let go. I, I just, I'm so full of self, me, 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 poor me, I gotta pick the grass up, I can't, he's not doing it. I get my 10th step and I, work with a sponsee um, or I make an outreach call or I return a call that someone made to me that I haven't re- taken the time to return yet or I text newcomers or I go make a meal for this man who drags stuff like grass into my house horror of all horrors <laughs> my house do you hear that me 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 our home, our home. He lives here too. Um, so I do service for him, you know. Um, so those are some of the ways that I do that. Thanks, Christina. Yeah, thank you, Christina. Okay, we have Brenda next, followed by Jack. Brenda, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Thank you, Larry, and thank you, family, and Nancy, thank you for your humble share and the honesty and the serenity that I felt from you. My question is, um, I have trouble expressing or giving away my resentment immediately, And sometimes it'll take me a day, sometimes two days. I just squash it down the way I used to vacuum food and squash it down. And is there a way that you can share that you learned how to immediately address or feel the resentment rather than push it away? Thanks. Oh, Brenda, yeah, wow. Um, I do that. Um, so I ask, one of the ways that I connect with my higher power throughout the day uh, is to just stop and say, what's next, God? What's next, God? I got um, to that, as that's my, my way. Um, after hearing other recovered people talk about, you know, it's not just connecting with my higher power in the, you know, my morning meditation and my nightly prayers. It's it's bringing my higher power, following my higher power throughout the day. So can I, when I can remember, like, instead of having my agenda, da, 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 which is one of the ways I stuff things down, is by keeping going with my agenda for my day. When I pause and say, what's next, God? Um, those things come up. I become more aware of them, and I become more willing to stop. And 
um, as I had said, doing the having the commitment of a time that I am giving my tenth step to another recovered compulsive overeater has been life saving for me because I could go days, weeks, months without thinking I don't have anything I'm annoyed about after I've been grumbling and mumbling in my head and fearful and uh, restless and irritable and um, annoyed. I'd be like, you know, it's it's not only major things, it's minor things. Oh, that's no big deal. I don't need to do a 10 step on that. Yeah, I do. So it's slowing down. For me, my experience is slowing down, connecting with my higher power, and um, going, oh, yeah, I thought I didn't have anything because I stuffed it down. But there it is, that tightness in my stomach, that uh, fear. Um, So I hope that answers your question. Thanks, Brenda. Okay, next up we have Jack, followed by Maura. Jack, good morning. Hey, Larry. At W here. Good to, good to hear you this morning. And good thank morning. you, Miss Nancy, for uh, sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us this morning. I had a couple of things on my mind, but I'm just going to share one. And you mentioned it with... Um, meditation, two-way prayer, and reviewing your day with your nightly review, but it's when I'm, when I don't know what's going on with me, my wife might say, why are you so, why are you so angry, or why are you so irritable, and I have no idea why, and uh, I guess, you know, I don't know if it's, um, survival mechanism from alcoholic dysfunctional family growing up, or I don't know if you can uh, decipher that question on maybe how you experienced that in the past or have experience with your sponsees or friends going through that situation. Are you with the two-way prayer, are you just thinking what God might want to tell his loving child and putting it on paper to be to do an esteemable thing for myself? I'm complicating it, so I'll just end there. Jack, yeah. Um, that's like, you know, stuffing it down and not knowing. Um, there's lots of times that I don't know. Um, writing is very helpful. Calling a fellow and um, and just talking. You know, I I'm just mad. I don't know what I'm mad. At. You know, you know. Sometimes when I'm doing my ten step, I'll be, get on the phone with my ten step partner, and I'd be like, I don't know what is going on. I'm just and then I start thinking of the, the words. Okay, what am I? I'm scared. What am I scared of? I'm scared of time. 
I don't have enough time. I want to manipulate time to do to to bend to so I can do all the things that I want to do. Again, all this I I I meaning me. Um, so it's stopping. But how I get to it is stopping and pausing and letting um, letting it bubble up um, by talking to someone by thinking about. Uh, by praying, by uh, writing. Um, I found that others can help. You know, um, I've been able to help um, uh, one of my sponsees um, in this way where she'll just start talking and I'll go, that's it. Did you hear what you just said? Like, that's that you just said what you're afraid of or you just said what you're resentful about. Um, So talking it through with another recovered person can help. They, they, you know, that other person can help here. Uh, My sponsors have been, and other recovered people have been helpful to me to um, be able to help me to see and identify. Like, where's your selfishness? Um, and, and maybe you don't know who or what, maybe I don't know who or what I'm resentful or irritable with, um, but I um, know, like, I don't like the way life's going and um, I want it to go my way. And um, I want this to happen, and that's not happening. Um, I don't. I don't know if that answers your question. Hopefully, it helps. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Jack. Okay. Next up, we have Mora, followed by Margaret. Mora. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thanks so much for your service, and Nancy. Thank you for. Uh, an incredible share on the 10th step. You touched on a little bit um, the difference between 10 and 11. Would you speak a little bit more to the need to work a 10th and why we shouldn't wait to cover it in an 11th step? Oh, sure, Mara, thanks. Um, Gosh, let me get to those pages uh, in the big book. Step. Um, why not to wait? Um, freedom, um, release, connection with my higher power. Um, a lot of times, by the time I'm doing my 11th step, I'm tired. <laughs> I've forgotten. There are many annoyances, fears that I have throughout the day that um, if I wait till the end of the day, I don't remember, but they're there and, uh, and they're um, hurting my recovery. They're ammunition for my uh, twisted mind to run wild with. Um, which doesn't get me to 
you know, like I may not even be thinking about food, but it's going to get to get me there eventually because that's my old solution. I know what to do. You don't like blah, 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 blah. I know what works and it doesn't work. So um, sanity, um, like I used the CPR example, you know, like, you know, if I'm having a heart attack, I, thankfully, they're not going to wait to administer till I get to the hospital to administer CPR. They're going to start right away or else I'm not going to make it. And that's why I need to do 10 steps and then take my inventory at the end of the day. Thanks, Maura, for the question. Okay, next up, Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Margaret, press star one. Well, here I finally am. Hey, Larry, there thank you, you for are. your patience. Fine. There I is. Um, thank you so much for um, volunteering to do this talk on step 10. I, I am a little bit more confused, however, than when I started out. And I heard a lot of, and believe me, it's just me, a lot of conflicting things like don't, if I, um, if I do a step 10 with somebody, I don't offer any feedback. Um, but then again, I might want to talk to somebody and offer them feedback. Or a, another thing that's kind of confusing is, um, my the tenth step is about growing in effectiveness and understanding, and yet if I do some like the tenth step trainer different ones, it's a matter of ticking off boxes, which. Um, so I, I guess my question is, there's so much information with so many people doing so many different things. Oh. How do I, I, I guess, I'm just confused. Can you speak to that? Because not everybody is 100% right all the time. Nobody's 100% wrong all the time. And yet there are so many different offshoots of how to do things instead of just, you know, going back through the 10th step and actually reading the directions. Can, does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, Margaret, that makes perfect sense. Um, I like the way like what I you was, just. If I was a newcomer and I gave somebody all, and I heard all this information, I'd be like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, so, newcomers, um, uh, if, if you're a newcomer, um, the 10th step is a long way away. Um, and uh, I went into a lot of details, a lot of stuff. Um, and, you know, again, it's um, like you said, Margaret, in the big book, it's very easy and it takes uh, a couple of paragraphs and, you know, something you can do in five to 10 minutes. Um, so, uh, 
newcomers, just um, your sponsors and others will be there and available um, to help you move through every piece of this um, as you go through the steps. But um, confusing, yeah, like options. I could do this or I could do that or I could do the other thing. Or, um, but when we look at the big book, it is very simple. So, you know, all the rest of it is options. Like what works for me? God, what, what, hot, show me what works for me. Um, and let's see, in the 10th step on page 84, it is very, it's one paragraph actually, that the directions are with one paragraph, not even the whole paragraph. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. That's it. That's the directions. Um, the ticking off of the boxes, the different resources, the different ways that different people do the 10 steps are all just based on those couple of sentences. And it's just as quick and easy as that. Um, my, my fear comes up. Oh, I'm fearful. I'm fearful of um, my family's coming over today uh, or gathering at my house. And I'm fearful that uh, everything isn't exactly the way that it should be, according to I don't know who. Okay, so I'm fearful. God, please remove my fear. Um, I make a call. I go, I'd say, you know, I'm fearful. This is my fear. And I move through the fear inventory. God, please remove my fear and show me what you would have me be. God would have me be loving and present and available uh, to be of service to these wonderful people who are coming over today. And God would have me not be in fear and know that um, know that I have nothing I need to do between now and the time they come over. <laughs> So I discussed that. I didn't make it, I didn't do any harm. And then I just make a phone call and go to be of service to my family. That's the way I can get out of myself and get and be of service, you know, to someone I can help. They're coming over in a couple hours. How can I be of service to them? Get out of me and me, me, me. And and then I'm on with my life. You know, it's a couple of minutes. I hope I hope that helps, Margaret. Yeah, thanks, Margaret. And uh, yeah, we're coming to the top of the hour, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. But just know that we're gonna if we can get Nancy's contact information <laughs> after the end of the recording, you'll be able to reach out to Nancy. So and Nancy, our we appreciate the generosity generosity of your time. So thank you so much. Um, all right, let me give you the share ID uh, before we close here for. Uh, once again, for, for the presentation this morning, that number is 20,509-20509. And we are going to close. We'll get Nancy's contact information at the end of the quarter portion. We'll close with a reading from the big book on page 164. So let me get to that. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.